everyone, and welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, a new episode will come out every weekend and will have a different subject. Those subjects range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. So, today's episode, we're going to be discussing a, a conspiracy a conspiracy theory that um, is within pop culture, a popular TV show in SpongeBob SquarePants. And if you've been keeping track, this is episode four of a conspiracy theory side series that I've been doing. Um, it, if you haven't followed it, episode one, we talked Mandela Effect. Episode two, we talked Winnie the Pooh and um, Winnie the Pooh characters being diagnosed with mental illnesses. Episode three was not that long ago with aliens. And now we have episode four here with discussing SpongeBob SquarePants and the Seven Deadly Sins. So, reason for doing this episode was, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do this side series. And, well, I did the Winnie the Pooh episode, and I was like, maybe we should do legit conspiracy, and then maybe a pop culture TV uh, TV show, maybe movie conspiracy theory. So, I felt like this would work in to kind of the fray here. And... I'm looking forward to do this, and if you don't know about this, just look up Spongebob, Seven Deadly Sins, and you can find a ton of websites about this. Um, I did go to a couple, and some did not have, to me, concrete evidence until I went to Ranker.com, and they gave sufficient ev- evidence to me about which characters are these sins. And then also I went to another website, which I did not catch the name of when doing this, which also gave me the descriptions of the sins that we'll be doing here in this next section. But also some more background about this bunch about square pants. This show, I believe started in 1999 Let's take a look here. Yep, first episode, May 1st, 1999, and it's been going on ever since. It's been going on for forever. It's a well-loved children's show. I grew up with it, one of the better Nick, uh, kid Nickelodeon shows that I've watched, and now is the chance to kind of ru- ruin uh, children's, not children's, but some of our uh, childhood from this theory. But so here we go. If y'all are ready, be prepared for what's about to happen. Okay, so right here we'll be be discussing what the theory is and really what the seven deadly sins are, and then we'll move on to the characters and who and what sins they represent in the next section. But the theory essentially here states the main characters of Patrick Starr, Plankton, Spongebob Squarepants, Mr. Eugene Krabs, Gary, Squidward, and Sandy Cheeks are that they represent the seven deadly sins throughout the show. And there is sufficient evidence. People have brought it up, but that essentially is the theory within itself. This is the exact theory. Now, we take a look, and you think seven deadly sins. Some of us 
might not necessarily know what those are. Some of the, some of us might need a refresher, while some of us just know what they are. Either way, what I'm going to be doing is list them off and give a brief description from, you know, from the research of what these are. So we start with lust, which is a strong passion or longing. Now, I cut it off there because the other part of this talks about sexual experiences. However, in, in that sense of mind, I'm not including this because I'm, I'm not including that part because of the general vibe that we get from uh, SpongeBob, it being a children's show. Then you got gluttony. Oh, by the way, as I'm doing this, go through your head or if you have a piece of paper or something by you, write these down of who you think these are and then when we get to when we get to discussing these and listening off the evidence for the characters, see if you can match these up. But gluttony, an excessive and ongoing eating of food or drink. Greed, an excessive pursuit of material goods. Sloth, an excessive laziness or the failure to act and utilize one's talents. Wrath, a strong anger and hate towards another person. Envy, the intense desire to have an item that someone else possesses. And then pride, an excessive view of one's self without regard for others. So, that's where we stand among these things. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, this would have been a great one for Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, no, we're going SpongeBob SquarePants because I think there's a whole lot more to it here. and we've already, Plus, we've already done a, a Winnie the Pooh theory. So, we're going to... So, in this next section, we'll be discussing the pure evidence in which characters are which sins. Okay, so we're going to start with Patrick Starr and him being sloth. Here's the evidence from Ranker. It says, he spends the bulk of his time sleeping under a rock and eating excessively. In addition to the be- to being the epitome of laziness, sloth is also the failure to utilize the talents you do have. Patrick is shown to have remarkable strength. He is able to lift the rock he sleeps under without trouble. He becomes a karate master in the episode Karate Star, but only uses the power to do things like steal ice cream. It is clear that Patrick mostly uses his incredible strength as a means to indulge his own laziness. Pretty impressive, right? A lot of evidence which gets people on board and this last section, the last section after this, we'll discuss my opinion on, on these matters. So let's move on to Plankton. Plankton says, according to the sites, represents envy. Pretty much the obsession. This was a very short. This one was very short compared to everyone. Others, pretty much the same. With Plankton, it is his obsession with trying to get the Krabby Patty formula. Krabby Patty secret formula, my bad. With SpongeBob, and this is why I cut out the this one part, represents, according to here, lust. And this is what it says. With his unending optimism and friendliness, Sir 
and this is cutting off certain parts too, cer- certainly harbors an excessive amount of uh, of love for his friends in Bikini Bottom. He is also he is so blinded by love that he is oblivious to the fact that Squidward finds him annoying, often comically misinterpreting Squidward, Squidward's sarcasm and anger. Moving on to Mr. Eugene Krabs. He refers to customers in monetary terms, i.e., that's my money walking out the door, and runs the crusty crab under the philosophy, the money is always right. He even loses his arms and suffers a severe head injury in one episode in an attempt to pull a dime out of the garbage disposal. Throughout the series, Mr. Krabs has shown a shocking dedication to his money. He keeps his first dollar framed and prominently displayed in his home and is willing to do just about anything to make a profit. What hasn't the guy done for money? He sold, he sold SpongeBob's soul for less than a dollar once and even went into grave robbing to make some extra cash. Pretty ridiculous when you think of that, right? Alright, we're going to move on to Gary, which is Spongebob Snail, representing Gluttony. The snail doesn't do much on the show other than eat and drink. One would think, given how how, how Gary mostly displays, his, uh, displays traits associated with a house cat, it's unfair to expect him to show restraint in regards to meals. Squidward, representing Wrath. After a harmless prank, Squidward retaliates by having Spongebob violently thrown around the Krusty Krab before being chucked in a garbage can. As Spongebob runs out of the establishment crying, Squidward maniacally laughs. In the show's first Christmas special, Squidward takes an ordinate pleasure in Spongebob's Christmas being ruined when Santa does not arrive. These are definitely actions of someone who lets their anger get the better of them. And then finally, Sandy, representing pride. This states, Sandy is certainly proud of her Texas heritage. So much so, she once attacked Spongebob and Patrick for mocking the Lone Star State. Sandy is also hyper-competitive and has a tendency to overestimate her abilities due to her own ego. The first time Sandy meets Spongebob, she invites him for tea in her underwater air dome. She does not even consider how a sea creature may react to water deprivation resulting in Spongebob's near-death experience. Sandy, taking such pride in her Texas-bred land mammal status, fails to recognize the needs of her sea brethren. She personifies pride through her, her obsessive, egocentric mindset. Now, with that out there, with all the evidence discussed, let's move into this final section of discussing my opinion on the matters. Okay. I think this theory is spot on. And not only do I, Tom Kenny, who originally voiced Spongebob, loves this theory, loves the idea of it, and he even said, with someone who overthinks a lot of stuff, this may, this is perfect. So, 
this is one that is supported by somebody who's been on the show. And looking at all of this, it makes a whole lot of sense. Was this the creator's intentions? Maybe, maybe not. More than likely not, but it is cool to go and see this stuff and think that this is very, very spot on. If you go back and take a look at the uh, Winnie the Pooh episode, I was hesitant on a lot of that stuff and wasn't complete, wasn't too um, keen on that theory of the mental illnesses with those characters. Now we take a look at the Seven Deadly Sins in uh, in a different realm of things. Now with SpongeBob, and I completely disagree with it. It, it makes the most sense here, and it's a very, it's probably one of the very few ones that that I'll discuss that I will absolutely agree with. Now, Mandela Effect, that's just one I can believe, but this these are TV shows to where you have to give me concrete evidence, and this gives me that evidence. Let's talk um, some of these really quick. Patrick, it talks about him sleeping. He can lift rocks, not utilizing his talents. That is very true, and... If you just think about it, you'll see episodes where he's sleeping. There's that one episode. I think uh, it might be it might be at the uh, the Hashling Slasher episode where they're discussing Patrick, and he wakes up and he's like, "Ooh," it, it, you know. He 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 goes and he's like, "Oh, it's it's late night snack time." Wakes up, has has a Krabby Patty, and falls right back to sleep. Right. It's just an it's a it's a cutaway to Patrick just doing that. That's it. But Patrick is it just doesn't want to do anything and you can see that and I completely agree that if anything he is sloth. Plankton being envy is pretty much right on, you know, and you look at what envy is, the intense desire to have an item that someone else possesses again coming back to that and what is that? That is exactly Plankton. He, throughout the whole series, throughout most of the series, pretty much every single episode, he's going after the Krabby Patty secret formula. Even in the one where you have that very, very iconic song between Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob, uh, you know, Without You, which, by the way, is probably one of the better songs to come out of SpongeBob, besides the theme song. Um... You, he's still trying to get the secret formula. Secret for, formula, you know the. Nah, I'm not. He's trying to get SpongeBob to do these things, and yet to try to give up the formula. And SpongeBob's like, Nah, I'm not really feeling it. So, uh, but Plankton definitely has that desire to go after something and go after it for so long, and yet I, I, I'm, I don't watch it now. I assuming he's. I'm assuming he still does the same thing in all these newer episodes, which makes it even crazy that he's been essentially going after a formula for 21 years at this point. SpongeBob being lust was interesting. And then you see the fact that he loves everyone for the most part. And he does. You know, he, he doesn't mind Plankton. You know, he talks to him. He talks to pretty much everyone. And there's not one show of thing that that he absolutely just despises anyone. And that's where things become a whole lot more clear that this is absolutely the case for SpongeBob. Now, of course, it's not in the sense of 
how it's really portrayed of, you know, the sexual experiences, the sexual desires, right? But there is just the love, you know, you know, the a strong passion or longing for someone and that that's where it is. He he longs for his friends. He has a passion for friendship. Um and that and that's where you can see everybody likes SpongeBob in the sense that it, it really except for Squidward. So but that I, I absolutely agree with this evidence of SpongeBob being lust. Mr. Krabs being greed. Absolutely. You know, there's the always iconic money, 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 money coming from Mr. Krabs. I feel like that's in every episode he mentions some sort of money. And it's not not only is it, you know, the green money of the, of the bills, but, you know, we mentioned dimes, pennies, all that, you know. And that's how Mr. Krabs, that's how ridiculous Mr. Krabs is. You know, another, another interesting part, think about the... Uh, I mean, he's so. Another really good example of him with money is go go and look at the one where he the episode where Mr. Krabs is trying to go and trying to impress Mrs. Puff, and he's sending SpongeBob out to buy things, and he's like, SpongeBob, why the heck did you buy it? And then and then he's like, but you told me no, go back and return it and all this and he's buying all of it and he's getting mad. That I think is another very good point of evidence of greed of he wants to keep his money, but yet he's defending himself from saying and blaming essentially SpongeBob for doing it, even though he told him to do it. So um it's one of the it's one of the funnier episodes, one of the better episodes, and um that I that's just, I think, some good enough evidence there to support that as well. Gary with gluttony, very, very interesting enough uh, to consider it. You know, it is true that you see him mainly eating. I feel like it's mainly eating throughout the show, um, which makes it, uh, you know, a, a little bit more, you know, concrete. I think this 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 one's probably more of a stretch than anyone than anything else. Because, I mean, you do see him most of the time doing that besides, I mean, you do have the one episode of the snail racing him falling in love. You don't really see a lot of eating. Oh, no, that's that's true. He wants to stop to eat. I just thought about that. But, you know, there's, there's still, I think, this one probably, there's less really concrete evidence and just be like, oh, throughout the show you see him mainly eating and drinking and not just you know, one, one, you know, really distinctive. And again, Gary, he is a main character, but I feel like he's a second, secondary main character. And then you got Squidward with wrath, pretty much exactly hits it on the dot. Absolutely. You know, just despises SpongeBob. And that's how, that's how ridiculous it is. Um, and it's just true, you know, wrath is the complete hate of some, of some person, and this is exactly what Squidward has, he just completely despises, not only Spongebob, but Patrick, he doesn't mind anybody else, you know, but those are the two that he, um, that he just doesn't like throughout the whole series, and again, he's hated them for 21 years at this point. 
and then pride with Sandy. Um, yes, I agree with. Now, I think the the episode that they're talking about with not acknowledging that SpongeBob would suffer from the uh, f- from no water and the iconic line of Sandy water, you know, uh, you know that that whole episode. I think that I think that evidence is a little far fetched. I just think it's supposed to be like a this kind of a comedic moment in the in the sense, but. Honestly, the, you do see the pride, the the evidence of the, her attacking these guys after making fun of Texas, and not only that, but her singing that a, another very iconic and good song coming from the show of "I Want to Go Home," shows how how much pride she has in her state of saying, "I would love to leave the sea and go back to land in Texas," which um, is pretty much pride in a sense of, I don't like it here, I want to go back home. But there also are some theories that Spongebob and Sandy are switched. Sandy's wrath, some some people consider Sandy being wrath, Squidward being pride. To those people who are saying that, that I think that's where, if, if that were to be the case here, then I would be less likely to agree with this. And reason being is due to the fact that Sandy doesn't prove to absolutely despise Spongebob. She likes Spongebob. She doesn't mind him. And it's not like she absolutely despises Squidward or Patrick or you don't really see any of that. You know, so that's where things, that's where I draw the line in that sense. And Squidward has no pride whatsoever. He works at the Krusty Krab, and he hates working there. He hates SpongeBob. He hates Patrick, and that's where the wrath comes from. And he just takes it out on, on these people, and that's just the sense. That's those are the facts. You know, there's no flipping it. There's no flopping it. And that's that's how just just it is. But now, okay. Well, with that being said. Um, you know, we're done with this theory. Pretty quick episode. Um, not much else to add on. But we are looking forward to what's coming up next. Next week, hopefully I'll have a NFL expan- uh, an, an NFL mock expansion draft coming up here soon. Hopefully for next week I'll be working on that. And then... Probably after that, we'll be looking towards a legit conspiracy theory to talk about. So, but if you're looking for other stuff like this, um, hit me up with TV shows and other uh, conspiracy series, conspiracy theories like this to uh, talk about on here. But besides that, I hope you all have a great weekend.